Welcome to Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 9 of A View to a Kaka Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, good morning. Uh, good morning, dude. How how you feeling, bud? Pretty wiped out. Yep. This is... I think this is the earliest recording we've ever done by e- hours, many hours. Yes, it is. Okay, so it's not it's not like it's Saturday. It's not like crazy it's early Saturday or anything, early, right? So like it's about 9:30, <laughs> which on a weekday, you know, I've already been at work for an hour and a half. But uh usually on a weekday, I did not like get home at 1:30 and not get to sleep until 2 because I was out watching Doctor Strange. Uh, but, Worth it. But that is, in fact, what happened today, and we've all got stuff later today, which we will probably talk about in the stars. So it is 9.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. There were people next door grinding away at stone with, like, power tools, and I really hope it doesn't pick up in the recording. <laughs> uh, I don't hear it, so I think you're good. Nice. Here's open, right? Yeah. Anyway, Dave... Uh, episode 9 today, it's called Hidden Camera Live, but before we get to that, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. My dude, what is our first star of the week? So, the first star of the week is that I am totally wiped out. Uh, it's show week, and so I have been at work just so many hours. I've been working like 13-hour days. Because like I'm still teaching my all my classes, right. and then I go home for like an hour to eat dinner, and then I come back to the school for call for like hair and makeup and setup, and then I am at the school until ten thirty until the show is over, and I'm just like show week is like you know it's just a monster yeah dude and if I never like if I never see anything goes again it will be too soon <laughs> like I'm just so. Like, oh my god. I mean, like, that's the way it is, right? Like, you do a show, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and then by the time it's ready to go, you're like, I hate this show. I never right. want to see it again. I never want to hear this dumb music again. Oh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of the dumb music and anything goes, um, did you end... Let's have a bit of follow-up here. Did you end up keeping champagne and cocaine in the song? We kept champagne. We did have to go to... Co- or we did get rid of cocaine. There is, apparently, there was an official... Cole Porter rewrite for some reason. I forget why he did it, but he also had to edit the cocaine line. Okay, and so the and so it's the, we changed it to the perfume in Spain, which was actually his thing. So we did change that. Okay, but uh, yeah, but I mean, it's like the show is going really well. Like the kids are doing a fantastic job, but I'm just <laughs> like I'm just just wiped out. Um, I can, like, I am blown away because there are people, professional actors, who do the same show, you know, seven days a week, twice on Saturday, and they might do the show for like five, six, seven years, and the idea of still managing to be, like, energetic and enthusiastic about doing, like, it's not like, not like a TV show, like literally the same two hours of theater, right? Every day. Well, Dave, that's I guess the that's that's the magic of live theater. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you know they're actors, so they're excited to eat. That, that's a really big thing for them. Oh yeah, sure, dude. But uh, that's huge. That's like top five. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm wiped out. So uh, that's our first star of the week, Matt. What? Is our second star of the week. Dave, I am also exhausted because uh, this week was the end of the World Series. Now, oh, oh, man, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need to talk about it much. It's cool. Uh, we're from Cleveland, so we didn't have a great time. Um, you know, congratulations to Chicago, I guess. 
the White Sox won in two thousand five, but you know, I guess your historic, I guess that yeah, eleven count. year streak. Um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't understand baseball. There are probably people who like, you know, are diehard Cubs fans that like think the White Sox are like the literal devil and just like refuse to acknowledge their existence at all. Again, if you were happy about it, I'm very happy for you. Um, but the main thing that affected I, my I life, I want to be happy for you. Like, I want to be a better person, and I want it. So <laughs> know that I would like to be happy for you. Like, there's part of me that recognizes that that would be a good thing, but I don't. I don't. I want you to be sad, and I want me to be happy. Yeah. That's I mean, what I want. That's for the, that would be best, but you know. I, yeah, that would be the best <laughs> thing. Um, anyway, but the problem was that I was out watching these games... Like all week, it's so late, and the game seven oh went to extra innings, and there was a rain delay, and so like I I don't have cable TV in my home, and so I was going out every night to go watch these games. So I was just like in a bar until one thirty in the morning on a on a Wednesday. Oh I, yeah, and so like the what what you are experiencing, listeners, now this sort of like. Just exhausted, kind of like half octave down voice version of Matt J. Uh, that has been a, that has been one a long week coming. That's, that's yeah, all man. I got on the World Series, dude. Um, Dave, one day belated now, but it is our third star of the week, and happy birthday! Yeah, thanks, man. Thirty-four years young. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday. Oh. It was really cool. I, no, I had a I had a great time. My birthday has been my birthday is always a little bit weird now because I like this is almost always uh, show weekend. Like the, just like because we start the we start the musical pretty much as soon as school starts, and it takes about two months to get the whole thing like ready and rolling because you know musicals are like this giant production oh yeah sure and so by the time their show is ready to go it's almost always the like the weekend of my birthday or like my birthday will be midweek and then the show will be that weekend so yesterday we of course it was friday night we had a show and so my birthday was like like i just don't pay a ton of attention i like you know like listen uh Beth made cassoulet for dinner, which is like my favorite dinner, Ooh. and there was a cake, and uh, producer Mark actually was in for a sort of a surprise visit, which was great. We got to see him. But then, like, I went to the show, and that was, you know, like, that was my birthday, so I don't, like, I don't, like, party or anything, but uh, I had a great birthday, and I took a moment to reflect on, like, just kind of how generally great my life is through no real like merit of my own. Right. Like <laughs> just like like nah things are great and I haven't really done a whole lot to like deserve it in any like substantive like I feel like I've been pretty responsible oh, sure. to like I do mean, my best with what I've got. I was gonna say I, I feel like, you know, don't sell yourself short. And especially like to our listeners who don't necessarily know us like soups well, you know, like you know, to say that you do not deserve to have a good life might sound a little weird. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. But uh, you know, just trying to stay humble, man. Yeah. Just trying to stay humble. I'm a uh the least possible like I feel like we are on the fame scale in that like there are people who know us that we do not know. Yeah, so I'm uh, like, you know, in the, like, in the most like technical sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like on a scale of like one to a hundred we are like we're like ones right i mean Maybe. you might round up to one well listen it's a scale of 1 to 100 we're do we're just doing integers here okay okay we're like a one so uh but yeah like life is great and uh, i've enjoyed 34 years thanks very much for for listening to the show and and making it worth doing guys so actually that leads to our four star matt which is uh for my birthday Beth got me the new Hitman game. Oh, nice. I did not know that there was yeah. a new Hitman game. Well, it's a little bit... It's like a tiny bit weird because what they did is they they released it in episodes. And they've been releasing it in episodes over the course of the last like seven, eight months or something. Oh, interesting. And when they first started... 
Yeah, and so when they first started coming out, they said, like, listen, we're going to be releasing each episode, but then kind of when we're done with all the core stuff, we will then release, like, a full thing, like, the whole thing all together. Oh, right on. And I said, you know what, man? I'm just going to wait. Like, I actually made good on this resolution that I have that I'm just going to wait for games to... I'm going to wait a couple of months after games I'm really excited about come out because I'm just going to wait for, like, all the things and, like, it's going to get all the DLC and, like, for sure they're going to come out with, like, a special edition package where, like, everything is in it already and you can just play the whole thing with all the stuff all at once. Oh, yeah, and honestly, what's great about a setup like that is kind of you only have to wait once... Because once you've waited one time for six months, like, you're just six months behind. You're just, right, you're just six months behind. And that's like, who cares? That's just your life now. So I did, and I got the new Hitman game. I'm actually only like five or six hours into it, but it's great. I love love the Hitman games. They're so good. I, I, I love how much you love the Hitman games. I cannot tolerate them. Like, I know that you and my old roommate in college, Eric, like, love, love, love those games. I always run into the problem where the the point of that game is to, like, be sneaky and not get caught. But, like, one of the mechanics of the game is that they give you guns. And so, like, I just cannot reconcile those two things in my head. So I would actually, Matt, I would recommend that you... Okay, actually, the the one right before this... I thought was like kind of disappointing for me at least. Like it was a fun game, but I just I kind of I kind of lost was it. Was it more or less disappointing than the uh, Hitman movies? I you know, you know only how I hit saw because there are yeah, two yeah, yeah. Hitman movies, which is mind boggling. I, I only saw the first Hitman movie, and like listen, the first Hitman movie it had some problems. But it was pretty decent. Like, like, listen, it was not like Citizen Kane or anything, obviously. But, like, it was a fun movie. There was... Agent 47 was in it. And I felt like he was pretty... Because, like, the Hitman games have been around. They've been publishing these games for, like, at le- 13 or 14 years, I want to say. Like, this is a pretty venerable franchise at this yeah, point. Yeah, was that, was that originally a PS1 game or a PS2 game? Um, I don't remember. I, I would guess so, PS2, but in either yeah, case, that that's, it's sense not to recent. Right. Like, it's been around for a minute. And so, like, there's definitely a character to Agent 47. And the first movie was, like, it was pretty true to character. And he was definitely bald. And he definitely had that silenced pistol. And he definitely hitmaned people. Hitman? Sure. He definitely assassinated he people. Hitman. Uh Right. It was like it was a pretty decent movie. I did not see the most recent one. Like I kind of wanted to as like a lark, like I know that this is gonna be bad, but I'll see it anyways for funsies. But I I just I never got around to it. Um But yeah, the new game is super fun. The I I'll show it to you sometime. The the coolness of it is that they have built into the game now for each level they have built in specific challenges. So they will say, it'll be like, hey, try to beat the level, like, doing it like this specific way. Oh, right on. Try to beat the level doing it like this specific way. And with, like, the increase in just, like, I don't know, processing power or something, they've really expanded the sort of, like, uh, 3D moving pieces puzzle aspect to the game because like in every level that i've played so far there's not there's like six or seven ways to take a dude out like you can get in like you know like yes obviously you like you can get in there and like shoot him in the brain great you can get in there and garrot him that's fine too but it's just like or you can find a bottle of vodka and poison it or you can rewire his radio or you can uh, the most, blah blah the blah, most blah 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 of all things a poorly wired radio and so well you know i think you electrocute him or whatever but it's uh i'm having a ton of fun with it it's it's really great so far i'm not gonna keep talking about it what matt is our fifth star of the week star of the week dave is well it's okay here's the thing what i actually want to talk about is dr strange because we watched it last night 
Um, Holy crap, it was so good. By the time this episode comes out, Doctor Strange will have been out for like a weekend. And so we can't do a full Doctor Strange talk. Although I do want to talk about it for a few seconds. But what we're actually going to talk about is the previous Marvel thing, which is that we've that Dave has finally finished watching Luke Cage. So we're going to say a few words on, just, you know, just how we felt about that project. I don't know how I'm. Dude, I don't know holy. why I said it like that. I'm sorry. It's still early. <laughs> holy crap! Like, right, blowing everybody's mind. Right, Luke Cage was amazing. It was amazing. Dude, it was like it was so good. Yeah. Although, okay, here's, here's, I think, something, here's how I felt about it when I finished watching the whole thing. Because I went, I watched it all in the course of, I don't think I finished it that first weekend, but I definitely finished it that first week. Okay. Is, I felt like, in the first half to two-thirds of that series, it was, like, the best Marvel show I had seen. And then the last, like, third or so, like, kind of got away from me a little bit. Like, I, I ultimately think that, like, Cottonmouth was much more interesting and compelling than Diamondback. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Cottonmouth was a much was a more interesting character than Diamondback. And I felt like it got... It got a little bit, like, just a touch, like, preachy at the end. Honestly, that, I was fine with that. The, the, okay, the the thing is that Luke Cage felt like better in some ways than the other Marvel shows and worse in a few other ways. I feel like the ways in which it was better were like better were more important and more interesting than the ways in which it was worse and ultimately it came out ahead. I can dig that. Yes, I think that is a very good way to say that. Uh, it, I mean, seriously, it was a killer show. Oh, yeah. All the characters are great. I loved Shades. Oh, dude. Love that Shades dude. Shades was weirdly compelling. Yeah, I did not expect to be as into Shades as I am, but I'm real into Shades. With the caveat that, yes, I recognize he is like an unrepentant villain. Oh, sure. Like, he's a very compelling villain. Uh... Uh, he's super interesting. Mariah is super interesting as a character. Oh, yeah, like, like what's up with her and like what's going on? Actually, the character that I find sort of the most boring is Diamondback. That, that Diamondback was the is just sort of yeah. like it's, it was like, yeah, you're like a weird, crazy, like Bible quoting villain who like hates your stand up half brother, and it's like this whole thing. But like, I, I don't well, know. I, I didn't mean, find him is, they, super they, super interesting. They spent so much of the early part of the show acting as though Cottonmouth was the villain that by the time you hit like the back end where it's all Diamondback like you just haven't had time to develop the Diamondback like Diamondback was more interesting to me before we met him and he was just like this looming yes presence. but on the other hand I absolutely you get, hear like, what you're an saying awesome crazy like a robot suit fight at the end and nothing will ever make me unhappy about that that was amazing uh and here is my only like minor quibble uh, with the with the very end of the Luke Cage series is that they, they did a thing that I, I kind of drives me nuts in TV is that the ending of the show very clearly is like, oh yeah, like we're just going to roll right from this into season two. Like we know we're doing a season two because these shows are making like a gajillion dollars or whatever. We know we're making a season two and so we're not actually going to like, like, yes, it's resolved, but it's only, it's like that halfway resolution right. that you get when they know that they're going to do another season. But, you know, well, I mean, we know we're doing Defenders at least, and then they'll probably do more Luke Cage, which is like, I mean, again, very minor overall, say, like, like what a fantastic we're, we're show. Pointing out our minor, minor quibbles because overall it was so good. And like, listen. Do you want me to list all of the good things about Luke Cage? Like, all of the actors and music and how it looked and how everything was. Like, that is and what was great about it. Was basically everything that we haven't already talked about. Speaking of other things that were super great, that we will not say as much about... Holy crap, dude. Doctor Strange. Dude, doc Doctor Strange was so good. Doctor Strange, though. Like... 
Listen, I know that this is just being like, this thing we liked was good, and this thing we liked was good, and this thing we liked was hey, good. That's our show. But we like a lot of things, and it's our show, and all of those things were so Listen, good. There's other things in the world that we don't like, but we're not talking about it because that makes a bad podcast. Okay, so things that I think we can sort of like vaguely talk about Doctor Strange. First of all, Benedict Cumberbatch, amazing casting choice. Yes, I his American accent was almost very, very good. It was, I would go so far as to say it was almost perfect. Yeah, it, I mean, listen, like, I think there were a few moments where, like, it was a little thin, but generally speaking, he pulled that off very well. And, like, listen, again, the reason I'm pointing out that one thing is because everything else he did was great. Yeah, I was a little, like... I, I really like I really like the batch, uh, just kind of in general. I do I think he's a great dude. I he's a great I actor. I think that when he's um, having like a like a weekend just by himself that he says he's batching it. I desperately hope so. <laughs> but morning I, like jokes, I was folks. like a morning jokes. <laughs> I was I was like a little bit concerned. And really the the thing that I was most concerned about is that he's already a big star. Yes. And so it's a little like, ooh, I'm always like a little nervous when a really, when a person that is already like super recognizable steps into a particular role. You know what I mean? Right. Especially and so like he's who's super recognizable for something that like people who are going to see that movie already know about. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so I was a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm glad. Like, I don't think it was completely unfounded, but I, I don't think it ended up mattering. He was so good in the role. The movie was great. The writing was great. Tilda Swinton was appropriately super weird. Yeah, she was great. As the ancient one. She is great. She is great and also super weird. Like, she's great because she's super oh, weird. Sure. Like, that is her thing. But she was fantastic as the ancient one. And Baron Mordo was, awesome. was awesome, and his like crazy, like, dude, I love that. Was, that was awesome. Spoiler, he and, had some it was cool. Yeah, sorry, like, that's it's super minor, but he did have like these red. And the other thing I think we can say without, without really spoiling it is that, like, I just did not expect them to lean as hard as they did into like the whole Ditko aesthetic yeah the okay so like when i was watching the commercials and, and like that very first trailer because I've, I've been kind of trying to avoid stuff so everything that yes. i've seen is like that cool effect they've been doing that sort of like pseudo inception thing where everything's like the whole world is like this weird 3d kaleidoscope and when i was watching those trailers i thought like okay that is how they're going to be expressing magic like that weird kaleidoscopic effect and then right. we got into the movie and like they like that was like stage one to three of like the crazy visuals and the crazy visuals went up to like they went very high. They went high. Yeah, they, they really went nuts with it. And I'm just like, I didn't expect it. And I'm glad they did it. It was super, super we cool. We saw it in 3D, which I think was very cool. Although we were saying earlier uh, before we started recording, I actually we both want to go see it in 2D as well just to see because like the colors don't pop quite as much in 3d because you're wearing sunglasses and there's like there's some yeah dude, and there you get like some, this weird little fuzzy thing colors in this movie <laughs> uh yeah so it was amazing and rad and you should go see it if you're even like vaguely interested in it our mom came and saw it with us and she seemed to enjoy it very much so that was yeah. cool uh, but we, we Matt, will probably circle back around on that in a week or two uh, to talk about it in a little more detail. But for now, speaking of other things we like to watch, uh, it is time to watch episode nine, Hidden Camera Live. And we will be right back. Welcome back. We have just finished watching episode nine of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger Hidden Camera Live. Dave, have you woken up at this point? Because I'm feeling, little, I have. I'm feeling a little more like bright. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I'm on cup of coffee number two. And listen, if Super Sentai is good for anything, it is good for for waking a body up in the morning, perking up ye old senses. 
Yeah, for sure. So this, <laughs> this is a great episode. Dude, I love this episode. Okay, so the episode starts off... I w- I'm a little bit disappointed that the whole episode was not what I thought it was going to be in the beginning. Because in the beginning, what we see is it opens in feudal Japan. There is a woman screaming, and she is surrounded by uh, bandits. Like, highwaymen yes. bandits, and they've all got swords. And they say, and they're you like, know our secret, so you must die. Yes. And then up there's a there's a voice and it says I, I forget exactly what it says. Oh wait, no, I, I have it written down. Um We will hear it fighting a whole evil bunch of on times. Behalf of heaven. Yes, fighting evil on behalf of heaven. And then we look up and there's this dude and he's in a he's in a like a traveling kimono, like a like a I don't know exactly what it's called. And he's got a sword, and he's got one of those awesome... It's a giant straw hat, and it goes like all the way down to his shoulders, but there's like uh, slits woven into it in the front so he can see. And I don't know if those hats are inherently kind of awesome, or I just watched enough anime as a kid to think of them as totally awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. I love those But I love those hats! I love them in anime. I love them when I see them in Usagi Ojimbo. Like, those basket hats are sweet. Yeah, uh, so he jumps down, and then he says something about go like sending them to hell, and like the river Styx is waiting for them. Did you write that down as well, Matt? Sorry, I should have written this down. I don't you know, know why I did I, it. They say it like 12 times. Yeah, like this dude. Oh, by the way, this dude declares that he is the rescue samurai. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and th- and those he, are his two catchphrases. Fighting evil on behalf of heaven, and like... Uh, like I'll send you down to the sticks and hell is waiting for you or something like that. Like, it, I did not like write that. down the second bit myself. It's totally rad. And so the rescue samurai kills all the bad guys. And I really thought that we were going to get sort of like a back in time ninja episode. We do not because now what we find out is that this is just, we are watching the same TV program that Jiraiya is watching. Yes. The rescue samurai is Jiraiya's new favorite TV show. And Jiraiya and he is, is obsessed with it. So he's watching the show and he's like, this is a big, he's super into it. And he <laughs> jumps out and he grabs a broom and he starts like fighting Sasuke. He's quoting the show and he's fighting Sasuke with a broom. And he actually gets maybe like a little too into it because there are definitely customers there. <laughs> and he is knocking over tables and like slapping Sasuke with the broom. And what's crazy is that like, Dude, Jiraiya, you are a superhero ninja. You have, like, a regular sword and a magic superhero sword. Why? And also, like, you also have, like, a giant robot like, that turns into a bigger giant robot that has a giant flaming sword. I Like, Jiraiya <laughs> like, is getting caught up in this Rescue Samurai show. Like, I would get caught up in it. But, like, I do not actually do that stuff in my day-to-day life. Yeah, yes, exactly. But you know what? This is, like, if you read comic books, comic book characters are, like, big fans of other superheroes, like, in their own world. So, sure, man. I guess Jiraiya just digs. Jiraiya just digs the rescue samurai. And why Real brief he? aside. Right. Dude, have you ever seen any of the Zatoichi movies? I have seen a Zatoichi movie. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. <laughs> Uh, uh for the if if you oh, are unfamiliar yeah, sorry. is a blind samurai. Yeah, he is a blind well, he's like a blind swordsman. He's not really a samurai. Okay, yeah. But he is totally blind and he totally ruins fools with a sword and it's great. So anyways, and there's a bunch of movies and I I think there was a TV show for like a period of time. That might I not be I wouldn't be surprised. But anyways, so Jiraiya is super, super into this TV show. We flip over to the narrator, and he says, Ah, Jiraiya is addicted to TV. So is this week's yokai. This week's yokai is really into TV. So we flip over, and we see a dude, and he is sitting in his kind of like crowded, probably dirty apartment. And we know that he is the yokai because he has a very crude... TV like face painted over the top half of his face. Yeah, and otherwise like this dude say, is just wearing like he's just wearing a sweatsuit. Yeah, I would like to say I feel like the face paint like if the face paint is going to be like one of the defining elements of these yokai characters, 
they could put just like like a teensy bit more effort into it. And sometimes they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Uh, with, um, what's his name? The Eye Prince. The Eye Prince had a lot of crazy makeup going on. And Taxi, Obero Grumara. Yeah. Obero Grumara, like that dude had super intense makeup. And this literally looks like it was sort of like crudely painted on. It's not really cool. But he is a, a TV. He's, here's the thing. He's got a TV painted on his face. He's not a TV yokai. No, he is not a TV yokai. Do we want to talk about what he is now, or do we want to cover it when they get to it in the show? Let's just, yeah, we'll get to it in a second. So anyways, uh, he is in his room. He is in his thing. And, like, his landlady starts pounding on the door, and she's yelling him that he put his garbage out too early. And I really, this is, (laughs) I really think (laughs) the yokai are just, like, in the world. I and do they really have... like that. Like, these dudes, like, you know, they had previously lost their power, but, like, they had been living in the world. So, like, this guy's got, like, rent and probably a job he hates, and his apartment is filthy, and he just loves TV. But now, all of a sudden, he has his yokai power back, and he's going to start, like, acting up. So, the landlady is yelling at him about, like, his his garbage. Sure. And then we flip over, and he's we watch, we see the TV, and it's Kauri. It's the actress who plays Kauri is in this episode. Yeah, it's. I was really surprised, and there was a moment when she first walked on screen that, like, listen, uh, normally on a Saturday, I would still have been asleep at this point. So when I saw Kauri on the screen, there was a moment where like my brain short circuited because like she was even kind of dressed like Kauri. Because she's playing yeah. like a TV anchor. So she's wearing like a nice outfit. Um, and so there was this moment like, oh, there she is. Wait a second. Hold on. This is Which character hold- is this? And so Because it's, I recognized her so much that I felt that I should have known the character, even though obviously it's just like a small part she's playing in this episode. Right. And it's, you know, what's weird to me about these shows, because we've, this is, you know, this is season number three for us. It is very strange to me how quickly I have trouble remembering characters' names. Yes, absolutely. Like, it, it took me legitimately, like, I had to pause the episode and be like, wait a minute. Uh, yes, Kauri. Okay, right. But, like, I, I had to think about it for a second, which is very weird considering that you and I have produced, like, 50 hours of programming dedicated... Uh, to those characters. Right. No, it's it's bananas. It happens to be a lot during the Creature Royale specials because we're talking, like, we were talking about Die Ranger while we were watching Jetman, and I could not remember people's names for the life of me. Yeah, it's, anyways. So it's Kauri, and she's a reporter, and she's talking about this ramen shop. And then we kind of, like, it's kind of a neat cut because we're watching her on TV, and then it sort of zooms in, and then we're just there watching her do, watching her do the thing. And so... She walks into this ramen shop and she's like, oh, this ramen is so good. How is it amazing? Like, how is it so amazing? And the chef is there and he's like, oh, because I put love into it. And he kisses the noodles. He's like, oh, ramen, you're going to be so delicious, which is a little bit like I get it. Like, I get that you want to put love into your food, but I would prefer if you did not kiss the food that I am about to put into my mouth. Yeah, listen, I, I think that's that might be a, a bridge too far, but... Uh, yes. You know. Let's not... Let's maybe keep your mouth... Like, I don't want to, like, ramen kiss the chef. Right. You know what I'm saying? There, there, should, be, there should be some rules and regulations here in, in the great country of Flavortown. So... <laughs> so Guy Fieri, just what is your whole thing? Um... Dude, so you know the exactly Rangers what his whole thing is. You look at that dude and you see him for one second and you immediately get 100% of his thing. Have you ever, have you ever seen a photoshopped version of Guy Fieri just as like a normal dude? <laughs> no, I have not. It's incredible. Like just look up like Guy Fieri normal and somebody has just had a photoshop where like he doesn't have his stupid hair and his stupid goatee and he's just wearing like a plaid <laughs> shirt with a mustache and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. So we are we're, sorry. So then this ramen shop and Jiraiya is there like he is just watching. He has gone down to like see the live report about about the ramen shop. Yeah, And I think uh, Saizo is with him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saizo is totally there, 
And then we hear from off camera the rescue samurai's lines. And it's the yokai. And he runs in and he is wearing, uh, he's got a hat and a robe and what is very clearly a plastic sword. Oh, yes. And he also, okay, so when he. This is the best part. So he walks in and he says the line, like, you know, fighting evil on behalf of heaven. And he pulls off his, like, big basket hat. Underneath, he is wearing, like, a cheap plastic. Like, imagine, like, a cheap plastic Halloween mask, like, that, like, quality of item. But it is, like, a, it's a top knot thing that is, like, affixed to the top of his head with an elastic band that is going down around his chin. It's a mask for his hair. It's a hair mask so he can pretend to be a samurai. Which, like, never in a million years. Oh, I really hope that that is, like, a common Halloween item in Japan. I feel like it has to be. And, like, again, never in a million years would I ever have considered that this is a thing that exists. But, of course, it's a thing that exists. How could it not be a thing that exists? Because if you were a kid, and it's such, like, a weirdly specific thing, like, the way the samurai, like, did their hair. But, of course, there's a mask for the top of your head that gives you plastic samurai hair because it covers the whole top of your head so like the front half of it is like this cheap plastic bald mask it's just uh so so the yokai runs in and he is he's pretending to be the rescue samurai and he's just causing and, a ruckus yeah he's just like swinging his dumb plastic sword around and then jiraiya kind of like punch throws him out the door and then, so they start fighting. Jiraiya kind of like jumps and lands and does a Bruce Lee like, oh, you know, you know the sound I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly the sound you're talking about. And what's great is that like, at this point, it becomes clear what the yokai is doing. The yokai wants to be on TV. Like he has come yes. down not because he wanted to have some ramen, uh, but because he's like, dude, there is a camera there. It is a live feed. I'm going to be on the television. So he he's like super into it. Now he's mad at Jirai because like Jirai is, I guess, ruining his moment. The reporter is real into it. She's like, holy crap, this is amazing. Get this on film. These dudes are just fighting. Yeah, dude. Like, imagine, okay, because imagine you're her. Your beat that day is like, go here and like report on how much love goes into these ramen noodles. And then all of a sudden, there's like a crazy kung fu fight that is broken out in front of the restaurant. Yeah, incroyable. Uh, so we get, I don't know why that, have some French, guys. So <laughs> Did they I say just, that okay. in French in the show? No, no, no. I, no, they absolutely did not. I just love how the word uh, incroyable sounds. Like I like the way, I like it has a good mouth feel to it. Right on. And sometimes it slips out. You're welcome, I guess. Here, here you go. So, Morning podcast, folks. So, <laughs> so we get a weather woman. And so we, sorry, we flip scenes. And we go over and it's a weather lady. And she's just standing out in the street doing her weather report. And she's got a map. And she says, normally I wouldn't care about what she says. But she says, oh, yeah, there's a big storm coming. Rain is expected over the whole country. And I only mention that because I sort of forget at times, like, how large America is. Oh, yeah. That, like, there is never a time that there is rain over the entire country in America. Yeah, just, right, the idea that, like, oh, yeah, it's just raining in Japan. Like, just the whole thing. The whole thing is raining. Like, there are times when, like, it's raining in basically the whole state of Ohio, if it's, like, a sufficiently big thing. But, like, the idea that any one thing would be true in all parts of America at the same time is is effectively impossible. And so that was just, like, a weird, like, oh, yeah, no, right. Japan is not actually, like, a super big, a super big country. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that was just a fun geography. You guys are getting all sorts of lessons. You got some little French, <laughs> little little comparative geography. So anyways. Okay, so, <laughs> so this, this scene continues until the yokai, whose name we are about to find out, is Dorotabo. Uh, and he's just running. He just, like, we don't see him. And then all of a sudden, he breaks through the map. Like, he just busts on through from behind. 
and starts just like shouting and swinging his sword around. And then you see like through the hole in the map, Jiraiya is chasing him with like the camera crew in tow. It is so beautiful. We flip, <laughs> we flip over back to the narrator. Then he says, yeah, there's monsters. This yokai's name is uh, Dorotabo. And they are traditionally, he said, field and rice paddy monsters. That's all we get. They're just monsters that live in fields and rice paddies. And, but there aren't a lot of fields around. And so he's, he's sad and bored. And so he just watches TV all day. Like, which, that's the explanation. Which I think it's really great. Because, like, of course there's not going to be, like, a TV-specific yokai. And so they just found someone who, like, wasn't doing anything. I was like, well, what else is this guy going to be doing? I guess he just sits around and watches Rescue Samurai. I guess. But, I mean, like, Japan definitely does have farms still. Yeah, but, but maybe this guy lived, you know, maybe this guy lived in this area and as it got built up, like, he was tied to a specific spot, man. I don't know. I No, I, like, who it cares? Is, it is clearly not a major part of this episode. Yeah, they don't care because he's not, like, updated to now be a TV monster. Like, we we're, we're going to see his monster form in a minute and he still is definitely, like, a rice paddy monster. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's a scarecrow, actually. He looks sort of like a scarecrow monster a little bit. Um, I can see what you are saying. He, like, listeners, if you are imagining what you think a scarecrow monster looks like, it doesn't look like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That is misleading. He looks, he's a rural monster. How about that? Like, he's very clearly a farmy rural monster. Yes. But it's hard to think, to describe exactly what he looks like. He's, because he kind of just looks like a dude. With like a, we- oh, a weird head. What a- Anyways, yeah, Matt, is- tweet a picture yeah. of this guy. Uh, yes, I will try to remember to do that when the episode drops. And so he is, they start fighting and it's Seikai and Jiraiya and Dorotabo morphs into this yokai form and he starts throwing mud balls. Like this is his attack of choice, which, and people are like falling down at me like, oh, I got hit with the mud ball. Guys, what? Yeah, like the the first person who falls down. Not as soft. The first person who falls down is I, I don't think we ever get the news reporter's name, so I'm just gonna keep calling her Kauri. Kauri goes yeah. down, and I honestly thought that the only reason she went down is because she was upset that she got mud all over her new suit. Well, that's what I thought too, because she looks down at the suit and seems upset. But then everybody else is getting hit with mud balls and they get like bowled over. Okay, so anyways, uh, what happens is is that there's he hits a specific dude and the dude falls down the stairs and like breaks his leg and his kid is there, which will is important in a second. Yeah, we and will then Jiraiya, back that. yeah, and then Seikai and Jiraiya are fighting and Dorotab is like, mm, this isn't going super well. I'm out. So he teleports away. Okay, now Dave, there's there's a bit that you did not describe in there, which is that Jiraiya and Saizo on television, live television, transform. Oh yeah. Jeez, yes, right. It's like, my dudes, I get that, like, the super, like, the secret identity is not, like, a super big deal for you, but, like, come on, you guys. You're supposed to be, like, sneaky ninja. Like, please do not literally give away your secret identity on the news. Um, and then, like, listen, this <laughs> is so never Dora addressed. Tava teleports away. Right. So Doratama teleports away. And then the reporter, Kauri, runs over and is just like, holy crap, what did you guys just do? How did you guys change so fast? Like, what's up with your crazy, clearly superhero outfits? And then that's basically it for the scene. Like, they do not answer her. And so we go from there to the the dude who fell down the stairs. The The rangers are all visiting him in the hospital. And his kid is there, and I, I I don't remember what the transition is, but the dad is like, yeah, I'm super bummed out. Me and my son, we're going to go be on this quiz show. Pretty sure that's his daughter. Oh, really? Okay, whatevs. Uh, my child, we were going to go be on this quiz show together, and the trip, or the, the prize, was a trip to Macau, which, like... Maybe my understanding of like what Macau is as a city has been like thrown off by movies. Because as far as I know, Macau is a hundred percent composed of seedy gambling joints or extremely high end 
and criminally oriented gambling joints. Like those are the only things in Macau. Like James Bond goes to Macau. Dave, are, are you potentially thinking of Madripoor? No. No, no, no. Like James Bond definitely goes to Macau. They go to Macau in Now You See Me Too. Like that is a that is a thing. I think. Hey, man, I don't know. I have Googled Macau, and according to the Lonely Planet, it is best known globally as the Vegas of China. So, yeah, it's right. Probably a, a little less like, yeah. Listen, I'm just saying, Vegas, you know. is a, Vegas is a seedy city. Okay. Vegas is 100% controlled by organized crime. Literally everything. Traffic stops, the police, all the restaurants. Just everything. Everything is organized crime in Vegas. I am sure <laughs> I, of this. I am, I was gonna, Movies have told me. I am not. Uh, I am not willing to go on the record as believing that the police are controlled by the organized crime in the city of Las Vegas, Nevada. I'll make that jump. Okay. So, anyways, so it just it is weird to me that they're like, oh yeah, the prize for this show, and we will see this show in a minute, and it is all like. Parents and kids, it just seems weird to me that the prize is a trip to Macau. Anyways, so as they are there, like, comforting this dad and the kid, the reporter and, like, her entire news crew bursts into the room and was just like, oh, yeah, I knew that we would find these guys here. And then she starts asking them, like, hey, so, like, what's up with your thing? Who are you guys? Why were you fighting that yokai? I did think it was interesting that she knew what the yokai were, but also did not immediately recognize the Kaku Rangers. Because like, I feel like if you know what a yokai is, like if they're enough part of the public consciousness, like, do you just think like, Oh yeah, yokai. And then they just mysteriously, no. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Everybody knows what the yokai are. But the Kaku Rangers are ninjas. Dave, are you suggesting that we, the viewers, can see the Kaku Rangers in action, but the other people in the world cannot? I maybe not that you like literally can't see them, but that they're like they're very sneaky about about defeating Matt. They're hiding in the shadows, defeating evil. Well, that is true. That this is, is amazing. True. This. Dude, this makes the rest of this show so much better if we operate <laughs> on the assumption that people are like, yeah, there's yokai, and then uh, and then they just disappear. And we're not really sure what's going on. Yeah, it's really but, weird. Uh, Once a week, a yokai shows up, causes a bunch of ruckus, gets huge, and explodes, and we don't know why. Yeah, we're really not sure, but the problem seems to be taking care of itself. So, uh, you know, cool. <laughs> and so there she's trying to get an interview and they're just like dude this is a hospital this is not appropriate we flip over to Dorotabu he sees them on TV he's furious that they have somehow made it onto TV instead kind of, of him, via yeah. his actions and instead of him right so he says that's it things are about to get nuts I'm getting on TV so we go from there it's Dorotabo at the top of a building and he just Okay, again, he starts throwing mud balls off the top of a building. No, this this time it actually seems to make more sense to me because if someone throws a mud ball at you from like 20 feet away, like that's messy and it's bad. If someone throws mud balls at you from the top of a building, like it's going to hurt more. Yeah, it would. Um, so uh, I was at he least does able to kind dude's... of believe that. I, I was good with you until he hit like a dude's car and it caused the car to, like, drive off the road and, like, literally flip over and crash in fire. And then the dude, like, stumbled out with, like, a bleedy head. Listen, I'm not going to say that that didn't get out of hand pretty quickly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it hit the windshield. Like, I couldn't see anything. Okay. So, he, and then he's, he throws, like, six mud balls. And then he just turns around and shoots, like, a giant laser blast out of his eyes and explodes buildings. Which, like, okay, dude, if you This is got... something that I did want to address. If you've got is... building exploding laser eyes, why are you leading with with mud balls? Right. It's like this dude does not have a second gear. Like he starts off and it's just like generally messy. And then building starts exploding. <laughs> so, so he just starts like, he just like is bl- exploding buildings. And then the rangers show up and he sort of like, Ah, you jerks. And he like laser teleports away and then blows up a building and then teleports away and then blows up a building. And as they're, he, so he gets away. 
And the Rangers turn around, and only now do they notice that Jiraiya is not there. Yes. But like, they got as far as, like, getting up to the top of the building and having, like, a low-key encounter with this yokai. And now they recognize that 20% of them is missing. <laughs> but they do soon encounter um, someone who we haven't seen in a few episodes. They're running around, yeah. and they just bump into Sandayu, who is sitting there watching television. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jiraiya's on TV right now. I really expected Sandayu to be a larger part of this show. I did, too. I thought that he was going to be like Dori, uh, Doshikaku or the chief. Yeah. Re- like, I really assumed that that was going to be the case. This is the thing about Kakura. There doesn't seem to be, at least as of yet, any overarching structure to Kaku Ranger. It's just like, yep, there are monsters and there are rangers and the rangers like ninja kill the monsters and that's kind of it. Right. I mean, listen, we're Which still is... in the first like 10 episodes. So maybe I assume that at some point there will be some kind of structure to this show. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Sandeyu is on TV. Not sorry. Sandeyu is watching TV and he says, oh yeah, he's on this show. And... What it is, is it's the quiz show, and Jiraiya, I guess, felt so bad, and also maybe just wanted to be on TV, that he takes the kid to go be on the show instead of the kid's dad. And he's, like, pretending to be her brother or something. Yeah, and so we go to the show, and the host says, so in America, spies are, are the CIA. What is the name of ancient Japanese spies? And like I know that the, okay, I know that this is a children's show, and they did this specifically because they wanted the kids to like get up and jump and yell at the TV. But like Jiraiya is having trouble remembering the word ninjas, right? The thing that he is and his family has been low unto generations. Yes, and also like even if you aren't a ninja, how do you not immediately know that? Like everybody knows what ninja are. Just everybody. Everybody knows that. Mom knows what ninjas are. Hey, listen, maybe, maybe, let's try to give Jiraiya a little benefit of the doubt here. Perhaps he was just playing it up to increase the drama of this quiz show. Because he watches a lot of TV and he knows what makes for good programming. Matt, you make an excellent point. I mean, listen, I'm that's almost that. certainly not the case, but I'm choosing to headcanon that. No, I'm I'm good with that. And so... Which is a much better thing, because my notes just say, in all caps, guys, how did you not immediately know ninjas? Uh, my notes so say, in all caps, Jiraiya, you are a ninja. <laughs> so, Doratabo attacks the show. Oh, by the way, this was, like the, that, this was the finale of the show. That was the last, that was Final Jeopardy. Oh, yeah, they got all the questions right. So, Jiraiya and this kid have won a trip to the Vegas of China. So, Doratabo attacks the show. Jiraiya is like defending the show and like as this fight is breaking out the Kauri runs in from off camera and is just like ha I knew it this is amazing how did you know that how did like how are you right there what what I really like to think about this is that like this is not even the channel that Kauri works for this is like a rival television station that she has like broken into with her camera crew to keep following this dude and so she does. Like she is she's doing this. And then and then Jiraiya says, Listen, if you wanna fight, you wanna be on TV? Fine, let's do this. I'm gonna challenge you to a fight. And Dorotabo says, Oh, oh, so it's a cage match. Yes, my dude. It is so, a cage <laughs> match. So we go we go from there, and they have set up a cage, like a, a, a wire fence in the quarry with a barbed wire over the top of it, so neither competitor can escape. Yes. It's hell and so, in a cell. And, it's actually not. Hell in a cell has a roof. And so, uh, Dorotabo and Jiraiya are both in gi. And they both start quoting from Rescue Samurai. And, like, they're both mad at each other that the other one is claiming the Rescue Samurai lines. They're like, no, I say that. I'm the person who's the hero here. <laughs> so, uh, we don't know this yet, but there's going to be three rounds. So, the first round is is uh, a karate, I would assume. And so, they start 
karateing each other. And they're kind of like going back and forth. And I actually, this is kind of a weird thing. I sort of forget actually how good the fight choreography is in this show because the Sentai suits sort of distract me from it. Like the weird costumes are a little distracting like from how good it is. Yes. But this is, Dorotabo is obviously in a weird costume, but Jiraiya is not. And that's one and of the things like, I really, oh, yeah. yeah, it's one of the things I really liked about Die Ranger is there was so much out of costume fighting that you really got a sense better of like how good these people were at it. So they start fighting, and Jiraiya oh, way, does like when, a when flying they, kick. Sorry, when they start fighting, Kaori definitely says the greatest battle in history has just begun. <laughs> I forgot about that. And so, so they're they're fighting, and Jiraiya does like a flying kick, and he kicks Torotabo into the fence, which we find out is electrified. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. This is, this is not just... They are running live currently this wire fence. But I don't know why, but they are. So he's getting, he gets electrified. So Dorotabo loses. Next round, sword fight. Yes, and this is not... By the way, this is not like a bamboo sword fight. This is like I'm going to try to murder you with a real katana sword fight. Oh yeah, so they are like this. So they're going back and forth. And there's a they're... beautiful moment right at the beginning where Jiraiya has kind of like put his arms inside the gi, and so when it's time for the sword fight to start, he just like shrugs and his shirt comes off. It is like hanging around his waist, and now he's doing like a shirtless sword fight. Oh well, dude, that move. This this was so great because. It's very clear that when they did this episode, they just wanted to throw in lots of like little bits and references to other famous stuff. Mm -hmm. And that move, like that's like a super classic move in samurai movies. Yeah. And I just thought like, I just love that they like, they got all of this little stuff and threw it in and it's like they just they obviously also love it and so they put it in their show and I, I love stuff like that. Also, so, by the way, Jiraiya, that dude works out. I don't know if yeah, you knew that. For sure. but well, well, he's this is the guy he's that's like uh Ninja Warrior. Oh yeah. Right? So yeah, I mean like dudes dudes in pretty good shape. Um so they do a sword fight and Dorotaba like throws a bunch of shuriken at at Saizo. Saizo, sorry, Jiraiya. And Jiraiya like blocks them all with his katana, and then he returns with his own shuriken and he takes out Dorotabo. So that's it. So Round two, two, two down. null. Jiraiya. And then the last round is boxing. And <laughs> there it Jiraiya's in like silk shorts with boxing gloves. Um and, and Dorotabu did he put boxing shorts on over his costume or does he just have gloves on? No, I think he puts on boxing shorts over his costume. They committed pretty hard. And so I mean, like it's a boxing match. Like they box for a minute and then the music kind punches of changes him through the to like a vaguely Rocky esque like background thing. Yeah, very generally. And so he punches him through the thing and Oh yeah, like he everyone's like busts Wah. through that cage. Yeah, and Jiraiya, everyone's like, Jiraiya, you're the best! And Dorotabo is furious that he has lost. And so he says, Okay, fine, well, I'm just gonna be a giant and crush you guys. Um, but this, this, this elicits an amazing response. So he grows, yeah. um, the Kaka Rangers all super henge. Jiraiya summons his, like, great beast general and says to him, like, I think I wrote it down, playing around with my beloved TV is unacceptable. <laughs> and then, and then the reporter also, she freaks out about the giant ro I think we just have to assume that she does, like, that the rangers themselves, the Kaka Rangers, have managed to stay hidden. Because she is like, holy crap, there's also a giant robot. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Right, which would have made sense eight weeks ago. But like at this point, like dudes, like listen, I'm not going to tell you that it's not crazy that a giant monster is fighting a giant robot after they just had a three-round cage match in a quarry. Like that is like objectively bananas. But by this point, you should be used to seeing it. And so, well, I, I think we just have to assume that the Rangers have managed to keep every everything hidden. And so, 
he says again he says don't mess with my tv and then he does his secret ninpo technique sandworm and uh sand i expected him this to be like a burrowing thing i was disappointed sandworm is just like rocks rocks fly at you yeah it's like this big sort of like dust storm full of boulders so that's that was a thing and then he goes to attack they form muteki shogun Again, it's like it's literally not even a fight. Like they form Muteki Shogun, Dorotama runs it. at them. Kauri loves it. She says, "Like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. those five things became another thing. It's the real superstar." Yeah, <laughs> Muteki Shogun is the real superstar. And then it's literally just like Dorotaba runs at them, flaming sword, and they just crush Dorotabo in a single blow. I st- I know we talked about it before, but I am still waiting for there to be an actual fight. Involving Dorotabo, or not Dorotabo, involving Muteki Shogun. Yeah, I mean, that you is know not it's just happen. him. Right. At some point, it has to. But, like, where he is, where he doesn't just l- ob- instantly obliterate whoever it is he's fighting. So, Dave. Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the episode's not over. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's pretty much over. We go from there back to Nakamaru, and Jiraiya is still watching TV. Although now he is watching ladies wrestling. Oh yeah, he is watching professional wrestling. It is great. Uh, although it's and very so, clear that like they did not have the rights to like use a clip from an actual professional wrestling show because like the two people doing it are doing you know like you know they're doing wrestling moves. They're like, doing wrestling stuff. Yeah. They're wrestling for sure. But it is also very clearly like not in an arena with like a live audience. <laughs> it is just like two people wrestling on a soundstage with the camera like just close enough that you can kind of believe that there might be people off camera. Yeah, so... And then he starts, like, he jumps out of Nakamaro and he starts doing wrestling moves on everybody instead of samurai moves. And then that's the end of the episode. Uh, it's great, because, like, he drop kicks Sasuke, which, like, straight up kicks him in the face. Uh, he looks over to Surahime. Surahime gives him this look like, oh, no, no, please don't. <laughs> He runs <laughs> he over runs and Surihime so- just like blocks his attack and whacks him in the head with the tray she was carrying and he falls over. And then the we cut back to the narrator and the narrator's like, oh, Jiraiya, what are we going to do about your TV addiction? Anyway, I like watching TV. I'll go watch some TV right now. And yeah, and then that's it. Because if you are a TV show, having your moral be that of the episode be that you should not be watching TV is counterproductive. So, so that's it, Matt. Let's let's get Dorotapo on that creature royale. Yeah. So, as much as this was a really fun episode, I honest like Dorotabo as like a as a specific dude. I actually like Dorotabo the human much better than I like. If this makes sense, Dorotabo the human much more than I like Dorotabo the yokai. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like the guy... he literally could have been mm-hmm. the anything yokai. He could have been like the blanket yokai, and it, it would not have mattered. Yeah, like, his like, I, I liked him as like just... a dude who is late on his rent, who like landlord hates him a lot more than a guy with mud balls and eye lasers. Yeah, so I, I think I'm kind of down by the by the bottom here. Actually, pretty pretty low. Uh, he doesn't. He's not really okay. He's not successful as a yokai, but as a dude, he is hilarious. If for no other reason than he he cosplays as the rescue samurai and goes and like interrupts a TV broadcast and is swinging around like a dumb plastic sword. Okay, so is so, that better or worse than having sick dunks? Oh, worse. Okay, worse. so yeah, he's below he's not, Purse Monk. Yeah, definitely below Purse Monk. He doesn't get into like a drunken, drunken style kung fu match with a ranger. No, but he gets into a cage fight. Ooh, he does get into an electrified cage fight. Okay, uh, so I'm saying better than Tofu Hermit, not as good as Purse Monk. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Because especially if we're weighing quality of episode, I really liked this episode. Yeah, I just do, I don't, there was an electrified cage match and like a, a hair mask for Samurai Top Knot. Oh, and by the way, in case you've forgotten, this is not the first time we've seen an electrified cage match in the quarry in a Super Sentai show. Because um, 
Ryu and uh, Emperor Tranza 100% did that. Although that wasn't a cage match, but it was like barbed wire instead of the ropes of the like boxing or wrestling ring they were in. So, just yeah. just a brief reminder. It's unrelated to this episode. I just wanted to say those words. <laughs> well, I think that's actually... That's going to do it for us, yeah? Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Kaka Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Over at Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week. Calculate, yeah.